You're listening to Your Financial Compass with Scott Vallon. These shows are designed to provide information to both pre- and post-retirees so you can make well-informed decisions about your financial future. Our Financial Compass process goes beyond traditional holistic planning. We care as much about you and your lifestyle as we do about your plan. At the Bullman Wealth Group, we want to help you define what matters most and inspire you to go and do it. Your host is Bullman Wealth Group financial advisor, Scott Vallon, who for more than a decade has made a difference in his clients' lives by providing financial leadership. Hello there. This is the Your Financial Compass podcast. My name is Scott Vallon, and I'm very excited that you're tuning in today. We have an interesting topic, which is social security. And I'm not going to do a a broad level view of it because that could be several podcasts worth. We're going to talk more about some changes that are being discussed to the Social Security program and what that means, what it could look like, how that might affect you, how that might affect younger generations, and just kind of walk through it. And and there's a million ways to look at Social Security, so I'm really going to try to abstain from giving any kind of advice. That's not really what this is about. It's more so to tackle a few of the you know, current questions with it and the way it, it stands now, and then some changes that might be on the way. And uh, just, you know, sharing a few of my opinions about that. But before we get started, you know, I want to thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you've been listening in to each one of these episodes as we tackle a different subject. And if anything you hear today makes you want to talk further, you can reach out to us at ask at bullmanwealth.com. That's A-S-K at B-U-L-M-A-N wealth.com. Well, with all that said, guys, now we're going to get our hands dirty and dive in. And, you know, like I said, the Social Security program and, and its, the structure of its funding have begun to come into question due to dwindling reserves. You know, it's, it's been around for decades and decades, but this fear has also been around for a while of, uh-oh, we might run out or the fund might be compromised and that might affect our uh, benefit. Because you look at it, when Social Security was started all those years ago, well, you think now, comparatively, people are living a lot longer than they used to. And while in one regard, that's great. Another regard, it starts to put some strain on the Social Security program. And that's really where we're finding ourselves uh, in the situation of, of fear of Social Security potentially running out of funds. And, you know, I'm, before I dive into that, you know, right now as it stands, some of you listening might already be getting Social Security. Some of you might be uh, coming up to that age. Just some basic facts with it. Um, say you're getting close to, to taking it or thinking about it. We talked to a lot of folks that, you know, that's one of their big questions is, when should I take it? Well, as of now, the earliest you can start claiming Social Security is age 62. The thing is, you're giving up or trading some of your benefit by doing that because age 62 is the earliest age that you can start collecting. But in the eyes of Social Security, there's something called full retirement age. And right now, if you were born in 1960 or later, that full retirement age is 67. If you were born before then, generally that full retirement age is 66 years and some uh, factor of months. But for the sake of this, just to keep it easy, we're going to talk about folks that have a full retirement age of 67. So again, that's if you're born in 1960 or later. 
So what that means is if someone's full retirement age is 67, at that age is when they get their full value, 100% of the value that they are supposed to get from Social Security. Well, going back to that age 62, you can start it then, but you're going to get about 70% of that total value that you would have gotten at 67. And, and like I said, you can, we can go on several podcasts about strategy of when should I start or when should I not? You know, it, should I start as soon as I retire? What if I retire at 63 and I want to start it then? Well, you can, but it's going to be a lesser amount. So it's really kind of mapping out what works for your situation because there's a million factors from health to, to financial situation, how much income do you need, those sorts of things. And, and again, that's another, another podcast. You know, so if we're going back to the ages of 62 or any age in between 62 and 67, when we hit our full retirement age, well, then from then on, 68, 69, and 70, your Social Security benefit does increase. It goes up 8% a year up to age 70. That's where we hit a ceiling, and that's where Social Security benefits cap out. So you'll sometimes hear about people waiting to age 70 to start collecting Social Security, and that's an important number that we're going to, or age, we're going to get to here in a few, a few minutes. But one thing, you know, you look on paper, Social Security benefits at our age 70 look phenomenal because they're very high. You know, it means we've waited to collect. Here's a stat, though. As cool as it looks on paper, not many people actually wait. The most current stats say only 5% of men and 7% of women wait to age 70 to collect. So you might hear friends, I'm waiting to 70 or, you know, hear certain advisors say you should wait. Well, not that many people wait. So anyhow, moving on, I thought it was a very interesting stat. I've been seeing that for a long time and it just really raises an eyebrow. It's like, hey, you know what? Not a lot of people wait. So anyhow, we come back to, you know, the main crux of today's talk is there is a fear that Social Security is going to begin to run out of funds. A recent congressional budget Office report, it projected that Social Security's combined funds may run out in just a decade from now. They think that by 2033, those funds could run out. And, you know, Social Security actuaries did their own study recently uh, last year, and they thought that it was 2035. So, you know, this new congressional budget report's thinking it's, it's a two years sooner. And that's what's really getting folks starting to wonder, uh-oh, that could uh, cause problems. We've seen it off in the horizon for a long time, you know, a potential issue with the Social Security system, but it is starting to get closer into, you know, into our sites. And if that does indeed happen and the Social Security funds start to run out, well, that's going to mean what they're projecting is benefits being cut approximately 20%. So what that means is if someone's getting 1000 a month from Social Security, it might drop down to 800 And, you know, that's certainly going to be an area of concern for folks that are relying on Social Security as a big portion of their income plan. And that is a question I get a lot from people is, why well, I don't want to count on Social Security. It's, I think it's going to run out. It won't be there. I disagree I've always told people that I think it's always going to be around. It would be an absolute travesty. It'd be bedlam if it went away. No matter what political side you, know, you, you root for, what have you, no side, I think, would want to 
pull social pull the rug out of social security. So while I don't think it's going away, I have always felt like it's going to change. It's going to have to be amended, and it's going to have to be changed so that you know it doesn't hurt future folks of collecting this. So I'm 42. I'm still several several years away from you know collecting on my own. And my kids are very young. They're nine and six. You know, they're many decades away. But you think in my situation or people of my age in their 40s, 50s, or folks in their 60s, we've been paying into this for a long time, paying into Social Security. So I, for one, would be upset if I paid for all these years, got to that age, and they said, hey, guess what? It's gone. But again, all that aside, I do think they're going to have to make changes. And that's really the things that we're starting to see come out are proposed changes to potentially, you know, protect Social Security. And, you know, right now, it's like, well, how are funds collected for Social Security? And a lot of it comes from uh, taxes on uh, payroll and, and wages. So right now, currently, employers and employees, they each pay 6.2% of their wages towards Social Security up to a salary of $160,200. If you're self-employed, guess what? You have to pay all that. If you're self-employed, you pay all 12.4%. If you're an employee of someone, you're each on the hook for that. You're each paying 6.2% of your wages are going towards Social Security up to the max of 160000 One thing legislators are currently calling for is reapplying the Social Security payroll tax on wages over 250000 and they think that's one way to maybe start to, to conjure up some more funds. And as you might expect, either side of the coin, be it Republicans or Democrats, they want to tackle it in, in different, different ways. And we'll come back to that. But as I was saying a few minutes ago, I think one of the biggest changes that we'll see is changing the age for full retirement. As I said, if you're born in 1960 or later, the current full retirement age is 67. I was born in 1980. It's the same for me. My kids were born in 2014 and 2016. It's the same for them. So one thing that they're proposing is for people that were born in 1978 or later, they're proposing to raise the full retirement age to 70. I personally think that's a good step, and I think it will continue to go a step further than that in the future. Again, I talk about my kids. Think of my daughter who just turned nine. She was born in 2014. I could legitimately see them, as the years go by, pushing out her Social Security full retirement age to 75. The point is, I think they're going to have to keep pushing that age out if they want to keep it sustainable in the long run. And some of that goes back to, you know, the actuarial numbers of people living longer. I think as the years go by, you know, the human lifespan potential can keep going on and on. So, you know, I also think that the Social Security age would need to correspond with that and, and keep, you know, kicking the can down the road. But we come back to, you know, what can be done now beyond just pushing the age out. One of the things, like we said, they're, they're trying to increase payroll taxes. And while that might help, it's not going to fully solve the problem. I think it's going to be a number of things. So, you know, you look at it in one way with all the Social Security talk, we've got the debt ceiling issues. You know, the leaders are facing a lot of trade-offs as the debt ceiling looms. And, you know, Democrats are resisting benefit cuts. 
Republicans are opposing higher taxes. It's, it's proving to be hard to find a compromise to fix the program. And obviously, we know that it's not going to be easy. And it, and it probably can't always be tax rich, tax rich, and, and that's going to cure everything. Because, you know, I saw a study a few years ago, back in 2019, and at that point, it said 66 cents of every tax dollar collected went to cover four areas, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and interest on our debt. And that same study is projecting that by 2027, four years from now, that those four categories will cover over 90 cents. 90 cents of every dollar will go towards those four areas. Taxing the rich or pushing out the age, those things will help Social Security to some extent, but there's so many other programs that tax dollars have to collect. And this is just this big storm creating and, and you know, in the di- or in the closer than we would want it to be at this point. So it, it can't just be a matter of pushing out the age. It can't just be a matter of increasing taxes. And when we think of pushing out the age, while they're projecting, you know, pushing out the full retirement age to 70, they haven't said if that's going to push the minimum age out now. And my guess is that it would, because right now the minimum age is 62, like we mentioned earlier. But there's a lot of consequences of delaying benefits in one regard. We, you know, in one sense, it could certainly help. But think of, you know, folks that would be dramatically affected. Because in a lot of instances, when someone collects early, it's not always because they want to retire early. Generally, the most common reasons for retiring early were job losses, health issues, caregiving responsibilities. And in that instance, if they push the age out, say the full retirement age was pushed out to 70, what if that pushed the minimum age out to 65? I think that could have a dramatic effect because of those reasons of people that have to step away early. Maybe they're taking care of an elderly parent or they have a health issue and they just can't keep working. In the past, in that instance, they could start filing for their Social Security at a relatively young age of 62. If they push that, if they push that age out, well, retiring early becomes less viable, and I think it would put a lot of Americans in a stressful place if they face a hardship you know, towards the end of the working years, and that could really put people in a tough decision-making instance of, you know, for so many decades, it's been able to walk away at 62 and start collecting. Well, if it's pushed out to 65, that could be an issue for folks, like we said, that might have had job losses, health issues, and all those sorts of things. So then it comes into, you know, if, if there's one takeaway today, it's it, there's going to have to be changes, and the changes are not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of drawbacks to it. I think there's a lot of benefits, but there's a lot of drawbacks, and we really start to wonder, what can we do now? You know, what can we start doing if we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s? Well, I'd say if we're in our late 50s, 60s, we can really start to map things out and get out ahead of it to some extent if we just assume or let's assume that Social Security will be affected. What if we only get 80% of what we've been planning on? Well, then it puts the onus on a number of things. One of those is, are we saving enough? Say I'm in my mid to late 50s, and maybe I haven't been putting as much away in terms of savings into a 401k or some kind of retirement plan, assuming that I'd be getting a decent Social Security amount. Well, and without trying to go too far into the advice, you could say that it might be a matter of 
maybe I need to start planning to save more. Maybe I need to start planning for a slightly lower budget in retirement. Maybe I need to not put as much stock in the Social Security basket or boat as I had once thought. And as much of a problem as it presents, finding this stuff out sooner than later allows us and gives us some of us some time to begin preparing ahead of time. You know, some of us, it, it's not the case, but for those of us that are still a few years away from retirement, we can start to make uh, amendments to our plan. And, and I'd rather find out about the problem now and start doing things to, to solve it. And that's what we're doing for our clients. And, you know, that's what I'd say to you if you're listening. If you have Social Security questions, one of the ways to reach out to us is ask at BullmanWealth.com, A-S-K at BullmanWealth.com, and say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about Social Security a lot, and I just want to know the different ideas of benefits of waiting, benefits of taking it now. And we can run different simulations to see, you know, what are the economic impacts of starting at one age versus the other. Uh, but Social Security is such a in-depth, complicated, and I would argue convoluted concept that it does really help to work with an advisor to map these things out. Um, but again, the main point of our the podcast today was Social Security is in a bit of a pickle. They're projecting that it could run out of funds in a decade, and they are proposing different changes to try to address it. As we said, one is pushing out the age when we can start collecting it, pushing out full retirement age from 67 to 70, projecting paying more in taxes uh, in terms of payroll towards it. But I just wanted to introduce some of these ideas and say it is a problem, but it is something that we can begin to take action on. So if that is you and you have concerns, reach out and we'll talk about it. If you have your advisor, reach out to them. If, you're, if we're your advisor, let's talk about this. Or if you just want to, if you're hearing this for the, this podcast for the first time. But you know, I always try to keep these brief, lean and mean. We're about the 18, 19 minute mark. You know, each week we give a different topic, or not each week, but each show are giving a different topic, and just to dive into it, to introduce some things, some hopefully some key takeaways for you. And as I always say, if you've been listening, or maybe this is your first time, if you enjoyed it, I'd appreciate it if you'd give it a review. You can, if you're listening on the Apple Podcast uh, app, if you're listening on Spotify, Audible, all the different places, leave a review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, But folks, thank you for listening. My name is Scott Vallon, and uh, take care. We'll see you next time. This show's content is for information purposes only. It is not intended to provide any tax or legal advice or provide the basis for any financial decisions, nor is it intended to be a projection of current or future performance or an indication of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Opinions expressed are solely those of Bullman Wealth Group and our editorial staff. The information contained in this material has been derived from sources believed to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed accuracy and completeness and does not purport to be a complete analysis of the materials discussed. Any statements of opinions expressed should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of any state other than the states where otherwise legally permitted. Advisory services are offered through Chris Bowman Inc., DBA, Bowman Wealth Group, and Brookstone Wealth Advisors, registered investment advisors. Insurance products are offered and sold through Chris Bowman Inc., DBA, BWG Insurance Agency.